everyone. My name is Denise Rupp, and uh, we'd like to welcome you to Life's Changes channel. Life comes with many changes. Some are expected, some are unexpected, some positive, some challenging. But you don't have to navigate them alone. There are people who care and want to help. You're in the right place because I'm here to connect you with them. What is your next step? Making choices that involve change can be difficult. Where can you find the resources who have answers for your questions? Our team of experts and professionals can help you make informed decisions with less stress to help you manage these changes in your life easier. You'll also meet people just like you who share their stories to encourage you not to give up. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thank you for joining me today on the Life Changes channel podcast, where we'll cover topics around life changes that you might be facing in your career and education, health, finances, relationships, parenting, aging, real estate, lifestyle, loss, and personal growth. This show started out as a Divorce Magazine Canada podcast, but so much of the content could also apply even if you aren't dealing with a divorce or separation. So now... It's Life Changes channel. There will still be lots of information to support you or someone you care about who is dealing with divorce or separation. I encourage you to go back and meet all the incredible guests in the earlier episodes. There is so much gold there. And hey, did you know we have a YouTube channel, a new Life Changes channel, and free magazines with articles from our team available across much of Alberta, as well as on our website, lifechangesmag.com. We also hold online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome. Check out the links in the show notes and be sure to join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website lifechangesmag.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. We know that there is a mental health crisis but what can we do about it? What kind of tools can we use to help support others or even to understand what we're experiencing and give ourselves the permission to ask for help and let others know that we aren't okay and that it's okay not to be okay and to ask for help. Denise Ropp joins us today to explain more about the tools that we can use and the massive difference it can make in people's lives. The stories that she shares are so encouraging about the difference that you can make and the help that is out there. I'm excited to introduce you to her. An interesting conversation I think we're going to have that many people don't consider, you know, their mental health. We hear about it all the time, but how much time and effort and priority do we put on our own mental health realistically so let's dig into this a little bit tell us who you are what you do and let's just let's just explore a little bit excellent you know what you're so right there's you're so right on about prioritizing and thinking about mental health we hear about it a lot um, as I said my name is Denise Rupp and I have been in healthcare all of my life in one shape form or another, uh, registered nurse, uh, occupational health and safety nurse. Um, I've run, I've owned, run, and uh, developed clinics, medical clinics. Um, and I have been, you know, just somebody that's out there 
looking after people all the time, whether it's my my family, my kids, my um the people that I engage with. And right now, I am the regional director of North America for an organization called I Am Here. And we are a mental health and well-being workplace uh, solution that is really making a difference when it comes to creating um, teams and uh, camaraderie and cohesive workplaces, really. What I love is the stories that you have shared of the difference that you've actually seen. And I think that's what really sticks with people is when they hear of someone who either learned a tool or was affected by a tool someone else had learned that has that helped them and supported them. And it just shifted their life and, and opened things up for them. Can you share some of those with us, please? You know, you know, stories are the way we tell things, like we are the way we learn things, the way we remember things. So, yeah, I can definitely share those. And um, these stories come from all over the world, the organizations all over the world in uh, on six different continents and 14 different languages. We're going to get right back to our conversation with Denise and hear some of the stories and examples that she has to share about how mental health can be supported. But I want to tell you about something that I have just created and it's a chance for you to win something. I really want to hear what you think. What's your feedback? I have a quick survey available that only takes a couple minutes. And as my way of saying thank you, I'm going to enter your name in a draw, multiple draws for multiple gift cards, just for letting me know your feedback about the magazine, the podcast, the events and everything that I'm offering. The link is in our show notes. Now let's get back to Denise. We've seen a lot of different organizations, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different um, workplaces, and people are people. They're all the same. And we've been heavily affected over the past few years with um, just trying to figure out where things are, what's real, what's, um, what's, where, where do I follow? How do I know what is right? How do I, you know? Where, where do I fall? And then we're being asked to even make decisions on our own about what that looks like. And that's that's disconcerting for a lot of people because there's no certainty. How do I know what's certain? How do I know what's going on out there? And where do I get the stories? And we all know that the, the internet is full of whatever story you want. Um, so, you know, people are really fearful. They're really really concerned and a lot of people have really you know backed in behind this little screen here and they sit and they they because they're they're concerned about actually jumping out there and and um, engaging with people and saying well what if I say something that's wrong and we see that a lot in workplaces so a lot of people I think have lost skills around how to engage, how to have a conversation, how to smile at someone and, you know, not feel like I have to walk on the other side of the street or, or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, so some of the stories, an example would be um, one of my, one of my peers um, happened to go to a construction work site and on this construction. And this interestingly enough has happened more than once. Um, but on a construction uh, site, predominantly men, um, 
predominantly, you know, alpha guys who are trying to um, earn their living and do what they do and, you know, be solid guys. And one day, um, my peer walked onto the web, onto a site and a guy, one of the leads went up to him and pulled him over and said, you know, this, I am here to, this, this thing has really made a difference. And I have to say, thank you so much for bringing that to us. And by, by giving us the, the skills and the, and the confidence to do what, what we needed to do. And, I, and he said, okay, well, great. You know, um, I'm happy to have done that. What's what's at the core of this? And he said, um, one day I was, we were getting ready and um, I happened to look over at one of the guys on the team and I thought to myself, he doesn't quite look right. Like there's something just a little bit off on him. So he says, you know, so he did a mental check. I'm going to need to check in with him during the day and, and, um, and see what's up. And, you know, as so often happens with, with us, we get busy, we get doing all kinds of things and, and uh, he forgot and he drove home. And as he was getting out of the car, he went, I, I, I didn't check. I didn't go and ask what was going on. I didn't check to see what, what was really up. And um, so he got back in his car. This is how, how he felt about it. He got back in his car, he drove to his buddy's house and he knocked on the door and he, the, his buddy opened the door and he said, are you okay? Cause it's okay not to be okay. And it's absolutely okay to ask for help. And his buddy just like grabbed him and pulled him into the into his place and they sat for the next two hours. And as it had turned out that him driving over there and knocking on the door was the sign. Don't do it. That was the sign. Wow. He'd had it all planned out. He had quit his job. Uh, you know, he had left the job, resigning from the job, going home, fully intending to um, to end his life. But the knock on the door came. And so he did. And so for the next two hours, they sat there and they talked about what was really happening, what was real. And he was having trouble struggling financially, as so many people are, um, and didn't know how he was going to make his ends meet, didn't know how he was going to be able to do what he needed to do. And he saw this as the only way out. And so they came up with a plan. They would go back in the next morning which they did. He picked him up. They went in back into the workplace. He got his job back. Um, and in discussions, he got overtime, which now meant that he was now able to make his financial commitments because he was going to be able to do that. And, and so in that scenario, you have the guy who obviously felt, mm, I need to do something. He feels pretty good because he was able to, to, to make a real difference in that guy's life. Perfect. Um, and then the boss was really happy because he didn't have to find another employee. And for those of us who, who have employees, this is a challenge, um, just being able to find somebody. And he had somebody that was going to do overtime, which was, you know, double, double um, benefit here. And then the other thing, I mean, obviously the guy who got his job back and got the financial commitment, you know, like that, all that is really good. But what else happened was the rest of the team witnessed what happened. And all of a sudden they realized 
they got our backs. And, and so what happened was the team, just the cohesion in the team became really close. They started to have conversations around what was real, what was really troubling them. What was the, the, you know, the, the, the challenges that they were trying to overcome? Not that they had solutions for them, but it was just somebody else being able to listen and show compassion and accept the position of where they are and be able to move forward. So it's really, really important, not just to, you know, recognize this in somebody else and then go and do something about it. This is, this is important for your whole community. This is important for your family. This is important for your, the people on the block and that kind of thing. The people that see you and count on you and, and maybe are, you know, in an, in some ways out from you in a circle someplace, but you're able to, you're showing compassion. You're, you're demonstrating these things. And this is, this is the connectedness and the belongingness that we're all seeking. We're all looking for these things. So, I mean, that's, that's one story. And like I said, I've got, I got a whole bunch more like that. And it's, but it really is, you know, um, I think people want a couple of three things. People want to be seen. They want to be valued. And they want to have a purpose. They want to know that, you know, (laughs) there's some sort of existence here that makes sense. It means something. So when you're able to look at somebody and see that they're a little off, see that they're not, whatever's going on with them, and you actually turn that around and say, hey, uh, are, are you okay? Because it's okay not to be okay. And then it's okay to ask for help. Those, those kinds of things, you're seen, you're valued, and you know, ideally at a workplace, you've got, a val- you've got some sort of purpose. But even in a family, um, you've got a purpose there. You've got a community, you've got a purpose there. You mean something. You, you know, everyone counts. It's very powerful. And yes, those are basic needs as humans is that feeling seen, feeling valued, and that you have a purpose that gives your whole life value and and you value. And if a lot of us struggle to even think of that for ourselves and then to create that space for someone else as well. And sometimes I think we find it easier to in denial of what our own mental health uh, status is and and just want to be giving and and making sure keep the peace and and doing and people pleasing you know all that and putting up a front that it it's okay it's okay i'm fine and trying to convince ourselves of it (laughs) what i really love about the approach that you talk about with the preventative mental health strategies is instead of pulling people out of the river you know going upstream and let's let's prevent the struggles around our mental health let's bust some of these stigmas around it and talk about it and that's really it you know dina the the when people okay let's look at it this way we are all managed to within a second of our day 
The alarm goes off at 6 a.m. if you're a 6 a.m. riser. And and so it goes off at 6 a.m. And you have every second of the day planned out. When the coffee goes on, when you got to have your, you know, the bathroom, the shower, the kids, the dog. Everybody's on a schedule and it's really tight. And we stick to that schedule right through until 10 minutes after our schedule ends, we finally fall into bed. We never fall into bed on time. We're always late getting into bed, right? And so it's really important that we understand that we are managed. We, we manage our days to within within that second and everything is fine all the you know the kids the school the appointments the career the fitness class the girls for wine the you know whatever it happens to be we're all fine until the tire goes flat on the car some sort of (laughs) random thing (laughs) literally but yes figuratively yes and it, the thing is that it just doesn't affect us for two hours while we're getting that tire fixed. It doesn't just do it. It screws up the next six weeks. Yeah, Somehow it may, we are, yeah, because we're so overmanaged because we're not thinking of those things. And, and it's not that we're clinical is we're over, we're overcommitted is what we are. And we're not clinical, we're not reactive. But what happens in that six weeks is, oh, the tire went flat on the car. How am I gonna get the kids? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? We start snowballing this into some real issues because we're we're feeling overwhelmed. And when we do that, when we start to feel that overwhelm, Instead of reaching out to people, because God knows we don't want to be uh, an imposition to somebody. We don't want to be a burden. We don't want to be doing all this. And I still have all of this stuff I have to do, and I'm going to have to figure out how to do it by myself. That's our thought process. But if we are able to, um, and when we do that, we start literally closing down we start shutting down and you said it where we start going into ourselves and getting into this little ball and it becoming closer and closer and tighter and tighter and it's in there that we start with all of the other this is where mental health and well-being really starts to wobble a lot because we're wrapped up inside Everything in our culture, our society, we've got suicide hotlines, we've got psychologists, we've got EAPs, we've got um, pastors that we can go to, we've got, um, you know, your best friend you can go to, all of those things, you can actually go and go do it. But when you are wrapped up in this little ball like this, the last thing that you are capable of doing is actually reaching out. Mm -hmm. true. So to get up the energy to admit that you might be contemplating suicide, that you might be really concerned about your own level of mental health and well-being, to actually get that energy and get it to go this way is next to impossible. 
So all those things that we've got set up in our society, they're great things, but very, very difficult for someone who is struggling, who is overwhelmed, who is at the beginnings of, gee, what, what else could I do to actually make myself better? I know I'm supposed to, you know, eat properly, not have ice cream and, and, um, because it's too much sugar or whatever. Um, and I should be out there exercising because exercise is better. You know, we'll change my mental health. Yeah, yeah, sure. But that takes too much energy to actually get up and to get out. Mm-hmm. So with when you are given the tools of asking the question, are you okay? Because it's okay not to be okay. And it's absolutely okay to ask for help. What you're doing is I'm actually reaching in to Dina. I'm not asking her to reach out. I'm asking, I'm, I'm going up to Dina and I say, Dina, you know, like past few days, those pressed shirts that you normally wear aren't pressed anymore. What What's going on? You know, you're looking a little crumpled. You're looking a little frumpy. Whatever, whatever it might actually be, you've picked up on something that's changed. But if you are now able to say to them, reach in and say, do you need some help? Because I can help. That gives the person, then they can actually say, yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, it's like that, the knock on the door. I can, I can open the door because that was the sign I was waiting for. Somebody came to my door and then wow, it just wasn't a pizza delivery man that got the wrong address. It was actually somebody who came to my door, knocked on my door and asked the question, are you okay? What I love about the reaching in, and I know Dr. Jody Carrington talks about this as well, you know, not only to work towards building that supportive village around you by reaching out and by talking about your mental health, and sharing with others so that they can support you, but really learning how important it is to reach in. Because like you said, it takes so much energy, so much energy every day to just put one foot in front of the other, say, or you know, have a shower or just the life functions take a lot of energy when you're in a, a, a really tough spot. And then to, to try and think, well, who would I ask? What would I say? Will the opportunity present itself? When can I reach out? Yes, I understand that's very brave and I need to do that. I cannot doing well on my own. But if we can really encourage others that, you know, at the risk of offending someone, ask them if they're okay. Tell them it's okay if you're not okay. It's okay to ask for help. I just, I... I have a concern. I'm just asking, are you okay? I'm reaching in. I hope I don't offend you. Whatever that conversation can be. And and that's, you know, that's some of the tools that, that you offer and that you are encouraging and that you're seeing are making a difference in people's lives. Exactly. That's what we're doing. And um, we're not asking people to become psychologists. We're just asking them to see and to listen um, we work around um, five five basic skills, and we call them clear skills. So there's compassion, where we're actually able to see somebody. There's listening, and listening 
Um, not for the point, like there's there's a couple of ways to, that people listen and you know the, the, the ways they are. So there's the listening for one-upmanship. So that's the, yeah, 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 well, I, you should have heard what I could do, right? Like you're listening to somebody so that you can actually outdo them in some way. That's one kind of listening. That's not really listening. That's a competitive thing. The next one is an active listening where you're actually trying to find a solution. And again, that's not what we're asking people to do. We're asking them just to sit and listen. Just listen. I don't want you to come up with a solution. Women will understand this a lot. Like, I'm just going to download my crap from the day. I'm not looking for you to provide me with a solution. Just listen. That's all. Like the suggestion right? I've heard where you say to someone, do you want my opinion or do you just want me to listen? And get some clarification around that. And also, I... I was thinking about this and how when, when we get curious or we're, we're contemplating, we're thinking it, we're really engaged in something, a lot of times we'll go like this with our, our hand or our fingers over our lips. That, I believe, is a signal and, and our subconscious signaling, zip the lip, listen, focus, be in, give that space and just be there. You're not here to talk, you're here to listen. And I think that that um, probably fits what you're saying there. So we have clear. So we have the C is compassion. L is listening. Now we go into empathy. So can I really be empathetic? Can I, can I, can I think that that person might actually be experiencing something that is hard for them? And it's just a recognition of that. It's not about getting into the, you know, getting right in there with them. It's just, I can see you're having, you're, you're, you're struggling. The next one, A, acceptance. This means actually being able to identify your own opinions, biases, and values and set them aside for just a few moments. Yeah. So that you can actually accept that other individual as an individual who empathetically you have an understanding they're having a struggle with so that you can listen and then show compassion. And this is a spot where it's no judgment. You don't have to condone what they're doing. You don't have to um, agree. Acceptance isn't the same as agreeing. Accepting, you're talking about here, Accept that this is the reality that this person is experiencing. This person, this is legitimate for them. I'm going to set aside my judgments. I'm, you know, I'm not going to um, do any more than be curious and really accept what they're trying to tell me. Right. And, that takes and then the last, yeah. And then the last one is just to be real. You're, you're, like I said, we're not asking you to become a counselor. We're not asking you to do any of that kind of stuff. We're just asking you to look at the person. Is, like, do you need help? This is like, yeah. Um, I taught first aid when I was when I was uh, well, not that long ago. I was teaching first aid, but the the first thing you always did in first aid was you when you came upon a scene, you had to step back and make an assessment. And. So being real, can I be real in this situation? 
And some days it's going to be, yeah, I can. Some days it's going to be, no, I can't. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's where the other level that we have is we look at, um, we really focus on self-checks. Where are you at today? You know, are you, are you in a place where last night you had your full seven hours of sleep and it was a good sleep and you feel rested and you're ready to go? Or did you wake up six times in the night and for whatever reason, whether, you know, the baby was crying or the people next door were screaming or you had to go pee or whatever it happens to be, you know, did you get a restful night's sleep? So first thing here, when you're looking at being real, you have to look at yourself. Am I, am I in a good space to be able to do this? Or do I need to call for help from somebody else? You know, Hey, Dina's not looking so great. We need to have a little, you know, could you go do that? Because I didn't sleep a little while last night. So my emotional liability might take her head off accidentally. <laughs> not meaning to. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Or you feel too vulnerable, too close to the situation to, um, yeah. to see it with some, a bit of a detached perspective where you can be uh, just, you know, accepting of it. And, and it's really, that's you got to be in a good place to do yeah. that self-check. You really have to, and you have to really, you know, did I get enough food? Am I in the right, did somebody cut me off? Did, you know, am I, am I, am I reacting to something that I should, you know, that I'm carrying with me because we all carry our, our baggage with us, mm-hmm. all of us. And, the, and, you know, there's enough stuff out there right now to carry great big garbage bags on our backs, whether it's political or economic or familial or or relationship or whatever it happens to be, there's a ton of stuff that we actually carry around with us. And how can we set it down so that we can not only look after ourselves, but look after that person that we've we've committed to asking that question to. You know, that guy, so in that story, the guy went the whole day. Yeah, he got busy all day, got got home and then went. But he did realize that he could not walk through the door to whatever else was beyond his own door before he went. He So he left his own door and he went to went back to his buddy's door. He was able to set this aside for whatever reason. I don't know his personal life. I don't know anything about that. All I know is that he was able to not walk through that door and go over to his buddy's place. Set it aside and walk over there. And it is important just to be there. Remember when when somebody wants to be seen, valued, and have a purpose, then you have to be all in. They know when you're not being authentic. They know when your brain is off doing the grocery list. So you have to be able to do a self-check for yourself and know what place you're in. And and Lord knows, we've all got in the car and we've been driving along the road, the highway, and somebody will cut us off. And what's the first thing we do? Move our patients. Well, you know, there's a couple of different options, right? You can sit there and go, wow, what 
what was going on for that person that they felt that they needed to cut me off? Did they, you know, and, and if you were to get in their car, maybe they just had a phone call that said you needed to, that they needed to, to do something. And it was, they needed to get off at the next interchange and that meant cutting you off. Um, it could have been that they were distracted by something else going on in the car. This isn't, they cut you off. It's not about you. Your reaction to it, how are, and there's, there's two parts here. There's a, there's the reaction, which is a real immediate thing or, and, and then your response. So, okay, I'm driving along. Somebody cuts me off. I'm like, okay, I'm go my, my hope, because <laughs> I'm human. My hope is that I would slow down and be able to acknowledge that that car, whoever's driving that car is clearly, you know, at risk, however, and putting other people at risk. My response is my choice. Now, do I speed up? Do I get in front of them? Do I get beside them and then give them some sort of wave? Do I, you know, like <laughs> these are all, or do I take it on and go, oh yeah, well, today's just going to be like the worst day of my life now because of blah, blah, blah. Well, that's your choice. Those are your responses. These are two separate cars. They're traveling and they have two different lives going on in them. So being real really means being able to go, okay, wait a minute. Is this about me or is this about them? And what state am I in? Am I in a healthy state to be able to walk out onto the manufacturing floor? And because I work in workplaces, that's one of the big things that you know we're concerned about. So, you know, if they if somebody were to walk out onto a a safety safety sensitive workplace and they're not in a good place. Now we have, we have, we've got a lot of things going on. And I've talked to employers where that's the case. Now, most of the time, the information that I'm getting from employees is that it's not the workplace that's the problem. It's their lives. They've got other things going on in their lives. Their workplace if the workplace is set up properly, can be a place of grace. It can be a place that's safe. It can be a place where you've got the camaraderie, the compassion of the person sitting next to you, the, the cohesion in, some, in the team that you're working on. It's all this other stuff that we carry with us and we bring it into work that it's not wrong. It's just part of our lives. And we need to figure out how to do the self-check, how to use the clear skills on ourselves so that we can actually be there in the moment, in the now, and be healthy. I love that. This is such a good tool. And with an acronym like that, it can give us a reference that we can grab quickly when when we are in that spot until until we practice it and it becomes more habitual so like you say use it on yourself try it on yourself do it if even once a week and do a self-check and then kind of have that practice and that sequence in mind 
when you want to create that space for others. This has been a really phenomenal conversation, Denise. I just have one more thing, and and it's it's I'm going to say it because we have the saying, and we all know it. We all know that we have to fill our own cups first, right? We know it. <laughs> we we know it. But the other thing is, it's not just about knowing, being able to fill that cup. It's about making sure that our cup doesn't get a crack. We got to look after the cup, not just fill it. Look after the cup. If you break the cup, then you've then you've got a bigger problem. If the cup is not capable of holding the stuff that you're going to pour into it, so looking after, yeah, looking out for your own mental health is is exactly part of that keeping that cup healthy and strong thank you for that denise what what good advice to leave us with and just uh encouraging and a new picture for us to use for that filling our own cup taking care of that cup and that visual really helps to bring that all together thank you so much i really appreciate your time today you are welcome. You're welcome. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through whatever life changes you're facing. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, lifechangesmag.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine, and channel and divorce resource groups are intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada, Life Changes Magazine, and Life Changes Channel, as well as the divorce resource groups, do not constitute endorsements for, nor liability, for any claims made in the presenting of this information.